Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? April 11th edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrow. Make sure you follow me online at Showdown Joe. Uh, give us all a follow at Fightful at Fightful MMA. Make sure you hit FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. It is Tuesday. It is 3.08 p.m. I nearly lost today's guest. He Before we came on air, he completely broke my heart, mended it, put it back together, and sent me a virtual hug with some good news. Elias Theodoro, thank you for being on this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I'm difficult. Uh, there's a lot of uh, me running around. And thank you for giving me the, uh, the email reminder as I was about to head out the door. But there you go. We are here. Right now, you have my undivided attention. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, no worries. For those that don't know, I mean, Elias, as you can tell, if you follow this podcast on a regular basis, he is in Montreal right now, uh, but he is heading home uh, to this area, Toronto, which, by the way, Elias, right before I sent you the link for the show, it began pouring outside. It's been a fantastic day. Uh, I spent my morning uh, in uh, Aurora and Newmarket taking care of some business for my other stuff. Uh, And then I came home. It was beautiful. I said, you know what? I'm going to take care of some stuff outside when I'm done with Elias, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, maybe I'm I'm not going to go outside. What's it like over there? It's not too bad. It's a little muggy. I think it's not really raining, but I think I'll transition somewhere in between there. I'll get the best of all worlds. Yeah, safe drive. 4-1 home uh, can be sort of hectic at times, but hopefully uh, you get past the Montreal traffic when we're done this show here, and then by the time you get to Toronto, uh, the five-hour drive, if you're doing the speed limit, if we'll get you past rush hour traffic here. Now, uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I wait a few minutes moving forward whenever uh, I open up the podcast because uh, a few viewers have to come in. We have the live chat. If you want to join us on the live chat on the top right of your screen, please, by all means, uh, put up some thoughts, questions, concerns. We're going to recap some UFC 210 because I want to get Elias' thoughts on a variety uh, of debacles that happened at yeah. UFC 210. <laughs> first things first. I mean, I can get to each and every one of that topic, but if you had to surmise uh, the Spartans' thoughts, hashtag the main event's thoughts on what happened in Buffalo, what would you say? Note to self, do not fight in New York, most likely. That Ever. bad, eh? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, whether you, whether it's the beginning of the weigh-ins and Daniel Cormier becoming the 206.2 champion uh, of the world, um, or the, the, just the weirdness and debacle that happened with uh, Weidman, those are obviously the two extremes. But again, it's, it's, it's a, a, a young um, commission in regards to understanding mixed martial arts. Uh, They're behind the curve, definitely. Um, you have other examples of uh, commissions that have really taken the charge, some like California and Nevada, obviously. And some others in between. I think it's an uh, unfortunate thing, and especially more unfortunate if you're on the uh, losing side of something like that. Uh, that wrestling trick, the old wrestling trick with the towel, I, I pleaded ignorance. I had no idea that that was one of the oldest tricks in the book. And I remember when I posted some of the pictures, I posted the picture of him missing weight, and then I posted the picture of him after he made weight. Now, the picture I took of him after he made weight was when his hands were off the towel. So people were like, oh, look at you, showdown. You're absolutely, you're a jerk. And I'm like, I'm, I'm posting a picture of the guy making weight. But what happened? Yeah. That's the oldest trick in the book. He held the towel. I'm like, wait a second. What do you mean held the towel? So apparently, did you did you know about this trick? For sure. Really? Eh? For sure. Wow, I didn't know. You, you basically press down on the towel, and it kind of lifts you off the scale a little bit. Anything. No, not even that, man. Like, if you just put your fingers on the table, not even, like, actually pushing down. Of course, there's pushing down to make it more. You just put your fingers. There's a couple of pounds that you're 
taken off your hands. And if we're talking about a pound, it's so easy. Just me just doing this. There goes my the, the weight of my hands. I don't even, I'm like, I'm just literally just putting my hands right here. That just takes the weight of my hands. That's probably a pound right here easily. One could even say, you don't actually have to lift it. So him pushing is him to try and brace himself. Because again, there's a difference between someone when they're dead weight and you know, when you, when you don't want to get picked up and you're dead weight, or you want to allow someone to help you pick you up. Think of the idea of the difference between a drunk person and someone that's injured. The injured person wants you to help them, but the drunk person is just kind of dead weight. It's, it's how you carry yourself. And uh, it's obvious what he was doing. Well, the, <laughs> uh, again, I, I'm sorry to everyone who tuned in. I was unaware of the old, one of the oldest tricks in the book. It was brought to my attention afterwards. It was brought to my attention as well uh, by Sean Ross Sapp and a few other people. Uh, I had no idea that this was possible, which is, you know, it, it was just crazy because he literally weighed in and 90 seconds later came back and everything was fine. And I thought, I don't know if he went to the bathroom that quick because that was that was too quick of a turnaround. And nine times out of ten, if you're, if you're going to make weight, you've already gone to the bathroom. No, this, Does that uh, make sense? Yes, 100%. Um, uh, I just – it's the bit – for me, I'm a little frustrated in general because he's – again, he's – I've met him. I'm bigger than him. Like, <laughs> he's 5'10", and uh, just, you know, he – but he's a, he's a Mack truck, obviously, and he's the best in the world, technically. Um, so, uh, you can't, you can't take away too much from him, especially considering he did come back, come down from heavyweight too. But I think the, the underlining issue is the idea that how he could not make two five in the first place. And he looked drained and it's just, it's, for me, it's the bigger issue of that. Um, but again, don't hate the, the player, hate the game. Uh, it's yes. not illegal unless you get caught. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, I will say, okay, I'll say what Daniel said afterwards in the post press conference. And, but I, I want to click on that live chat real quick and see Graham Williams said, towels are magic, uh, with a happy face. This is an MMA show, Graham. This is not a Hugh Hefner show, by the way, happy birthday to the original Playboy. This is not a Hugh Hefner show, Graham Williams. Okay. Just, I know exactly what you're doing here. All right. Towels are magic. Yes. Uh, and Elias understands the, the magic of towels, uh, in another life. We won't talk about that. Um, oh, Fightful. The towel trick got got me from 150.5 to 149.9 for a tournament once. So, yes, uh, whomever's manning, it could be Sean Ross Sapp manning the Fightful account right now. Uh, if not, let me know who it is. But, yeah, this thing has been going on. So I, I was completely unaware of this, other than the fact that I'm an idiot. I'll tell you why I'm an idiot. I'll get to Daniel Cormier in a second, Elias. My son, who's six years old, uh, I, I'm try- it is Sean Ross Sapp, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to get him to weigh in on the bathroom scale, the digital scale that I have in my bathroom upstairs at 50 pounds. He's six years old, six and a half. I just want the little guy to make 50 pounds. And I realized I should have known this because every time he steps on the scale, he has his hands on the side of the ceramic of the hot tub. I'm like, get your hands off there. It's got to be a good weight. I'm an idiot. I never thought of that. My own son taught me a lesson. Six and a half years old. I should have known better, Elias. There you go. There you go. You learned something new every day. Hashtag loser. But Daniel did say this. (laughs) <laughs> hashtag or sorry daniel did say this at the post fight press conference he needs to respect the fact that to be a champion he has to monitor his weight a lot better now because he screwed up he admittedly said he screwed up during this training camp now when he got when, when i got to buffalo and i saw him for the first time on wednesday he looked much skinnier he had the the, the chisel in his in his jaw and his upper cheekbone i thought this guy is going to be fine uh clearly not so i mean this guy's got to take his weight serious. I mean, it's, it's, listen, we're all humans. You're a human. I'm sure there's been times in a camp where you're like, ah, I'm going to have this, but I know guys that are extremely disciplined as well. So, yeah, no. And I, again, um, I've been, uh, I've been guilty of this myself. Um, now, obviously, luckily, uh, the last cut was the easiest cut ever. Um, I'm, you know, not necessarily like it, 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 the, tr- the trouble always ends up being in between camps where you're like, Oh, I deserve this. Oh, I did this or whatever, whatever. So like with me, it was just becoming an adult. Uh, just the idea where, you know, I would celebrate for a month after my fight and you can't did really you just say <laughs> you're an adult. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, grown ass man, child, grown, grown ass man, child. But, um, the point being, um, I would like literally, um, where was I going with this? But basically the idea being 
uh, after a, a month from my last fight, I can't really say I'm celebrating the fruits of my last labor. <laughs> I got to go make some new ones. So for me, it's always been the issue of the in-betweens. Um, and, and something I also have to deal with in regards to as a uh, professional athlete who eventually won't be a professional athlete and um, not having the said structure that I have um, could be a, a difficult thing. And I think um, in regards to uh, Daniel Cormier, I, I think it's just the idea that he's been through this been an athlete for so long so I, I i can understand the urge where it's like the yo-yo diet the um the oh i wasn't allowed this for so long and i want it so much more now um and it, again if you look back to his his actual athletic career he's been doing this for so long but he also almost had kidney or like uh, i think kidney failure in the olympics so um again this is a guy that's been pushing it this whole life um and as a fellow fatty, uh, I understand. <laughs> so I can't really give him too much shit. What'd you think of his epic promos? I love it. He's after. the heel. Go full heel, full heel, man. He's going full heel. Why not? They're not going to love him. Might as well embrace the booze. I thought Get it was very strict. Go on. Go on. <laughs> the strategy that he had that no microphone is to be placed anywhere near John Jones uh, and Jimmy Manoa, and at the post-fight press conference, he says, those guys were there to sit there and take it. Take whatever I'm going to say, and you can't say nothing. Just take it. I'm like, this guy's embraced this heel thing. Uh, amazing. I love Might it. Well. Absolutely. That was fantastic. I love it. People aren't – they're not – like, he is one of the people that people love to hate. Um for whatever the, the the kind of roller coaster that John Jones has played into this, and the idea that you know is his belt will always be under the shadow of the fake belt um, in regards to John Jones. That's the only one that's beaten John Jones is John Jones. So um, again, I, I in all the power to him, and I think he's really a uh, he's a great role model of someone. Uh, that is champion, that is a fighter, that has done that. Sure, he has his faults when we talked about food and stuff like that. But I think as an overall person, um, family man, um, he's obviously, obviously his kids and his family are the apple of his eye and what he's fighting for. And um, although that's not everything uh, in regards to um, a role model, I think him, he just presents himself as a, a great person uh, prior to him going full heel, I guess, maybe. And what he's going to, the shtick that he's going to try and uh, create but I also think the person that's there is a great person. So I don't know. I, I, again, with Daniel, it's like, it's one of those things. He just seems like a sweetheart and um, it's going to be exciting to see him kind of embrace this opposite side. Uh, during the post event recap that I did um, with Mike Straw on fightfulmma.com, I, I, I put it out there uh, and I'm, I want to send an apology right now to Sean Ross Sapp, who I didn't ask this same question to. I'm sure he'll give me some sort of response on the chat though. If he has a moment, um, Daniel Cormier, his only goal right now in mixed martial arts, in my opinion, is to defeat John Jones. And if he can defeat John Jones, he's going to retire. He's that that is the only thing he has in quote unquote done uh, in his career is to be the man to defeat John Jones. And when he does that, I think he's going to hang up his gloves. What do you think? I can totally see that. Why would he want to go to the second round? Like who knows how it will happen? Like there's so many what ifs. But yeah. I, I think even if he loses, he might retire because there's there's rumblings that he might retire soon. Anyways, he, like if Rumble beat him, the the, the idea was he might have retired. So, um, well, at least that was the narrative that was kind of put out there. And I think there is some, you know, whenever something's put out there for some reason, there is some kind of potential, whether it's something he said off cuff or whatever the case may be, or if there's something actually there. Um, I, I think again, it just also depends on his financials. Um, is one a couple more fights like when does the John Jones fight doesn't like there's nothing set yet and what happens if he doesn't John, who knows if John Jones is ever gonna fight again <laughs> like who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> is he gonna fight is John Jones gonna fight uh, I'm rambling but the point being yes I can totally see that happening because then again he walks in the sunset he did everything he needed to and if he has his financials in set and also the idea of his um, commentating gig. You can keep that going. Boom. Um, in terms of – so John Jones is apparently 
free to compete in July. Anth- or DC, I don't believe, will be ready in July because he's getting married next month. Uh, he, he's just going to unwind, uh, enjoy marriage, enjoy his honeymoon, and then get back to being serious about training uh, for the likes of John Jones. And if John Jones, like you said, we don't know when he's going to compete, Jimmy Manna was right there. And Jimmy Manna will be more than happy uh, to get a title shot, uh, which would be the, the pinnacle of his career thus far. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Manna was actually DC's next opponent, although DC won't like that. I'm sure he would he would like John Jones, obviously, for the bigger payday. Uh, but the fact is, if John Jones is taking on Daniel Cormier, uh, it's a question I, you know, we all, would he be the main event? And Dana said, no, it's not going to happen. To which Daniel Cormier said, okay, uh, then Conor McGregor better be the headliner. What are your thoughts? Um, I can understand why they'd be afraid. Again, John Jones, who knows if he'll make it? <laughs> who knows if he'll make it? Um, uh, just so many what ifs. Again, it's one of those situations where I'm so glad I don't have to make any of those decisions. Um, well, you would assume the money that goes along with it. But anyways, uh, point being, um, what I was going to say is you can understand um, someone like Conor McGregor, and that might be perfect timing on whenever they end to actually fight with Conor coming back. And that's, again, if Conor comes back, because who knows if he's going to fight Mayweather now. Like, it's it's bananas. Bananas. This is, this is a strange era that we're in mixed martial arts. Uh, hey, you guys in the live chat, why are you guys so quiet? Let's go. Come on. Get some thoughts up there. Get some questions, suggestions up there. I know you guys are watching. Uh, I can see the numbers uh, that are tuned in. So uh, get some thoughts up there. Uh, Graham Williams. Towels are magic. I still love that one. That's my favorite one. Um, (laughs) Rumble Johnson. Anthony Rumble Johnson uh, obviously had his head already made up that he was going to retire. Win or lose? Uh, the conversation that I had with uh, Sean Ross Sapp and a bunch of media um, on Saturday night heading into Sunday morning was my theory is that and again, people, for those that don't know, you know, Anthony's is, you know, is a friend, uh, but I wasn't given any information ahead of time that he was going to do this. Uh, in my interviews with him and my conversations with him leading up to this fight, he never hinted at anything that he was going to retire. Uh, so now the thought out there was, did Anthony Rumble Johnson throw this fight versus Daniel Cormier? Uh, did he just say, you know what, I don't want to take any more? I'm going to just quit right now. I don't want to take any more abuse because my thought is the fact that the way he answered the question about the whole, he may be going to um, the NFL or trying out for the Rams and, and stuff like that. His reply was, why the heck would I leave a sport that I take concussive trauma now to go to another sport where I'm going to take concussive trauma? So no, I don't want to do that that it's been so leads me to believe that anthony is done with the hard training for mixed martial arts doesn't want to take any more uh blows to the head uh potentially may have got a result from a test that says listen you may you may want to reconsider your job because at this point this is what's happening i don't know that that's just pure speculation on my part but the question is do do you think that there's a potential that he may have thrown the fight or maybe just said you know what i'm done Uh -uh. i'll I'll tap out to a choke that's perfect he threw the fight in some regard Threw it in his actual desire to be there. He didn't want to be there. He already had a preconceived notion that he was going to retire. I've heard rumblings beforehand. I've heard rumblings for months, if not years, about Anthony. He hates training. He doesn't, whether it's him not wanting to be perceived again, his whole thing is he doesn't want to be rumble anymore. I think there's a lot of baggage that uh, some fighter, some people have to, you know, be angry to be a fighter. And I think maybe he doesn't want to be angry in any way, shape, or form. I think, uh, what's it called? He doesn't, like, I've heard for over a year that he's wanted to retire. It's crazy because I thought, you know, as as weird as it sounds, I gave him the edge in the fight uh, versus Daniel Cormier. But he didn't show up to the fight. Of course. I gave him the edge too, but he didn't show up in the fight. Didn't want to be there. He wrestled a way better wrestler who he knew would, you know, he put up a fight. He stopped, like, he took him down. Like, wicked. Uh, but so speaking of taking him down, that's been the issue with uh, a lot of the you know the memes that we're seeing online now, and 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 Henry Hooft in the corner of Anthony Rumble Johnson. If if you go, I mean, there's there's some transcriptions of what was discussed and what was said in the corner with the microphones on. Uh, obviously, they were clearly upset. Now, Henry Hooft did post something on Instagram saying, you know, it's it, forget the rumors, forget the the speculation. He's absolutely thankful uh, and, and and wishes you know Anthony Johnson the best, but. There was an emotional situation there where, like, they're like, "What are you doing? 
This is not the game plan. This is not what we envisioned. This is not what we trained for. Stop wrestling um, with Daniel Cormier. Obviously, if you're wrestling, you're not taking as much damage. But he did take quite a bit of damage on the ground before he got choked out. So uh, it, it sort of defeats the purpose. But w- what do you make of that whole corner situation? I mean, Sean Ross Sapp yesterday was adamant. You never, ever leave your fighter no matter what. I played devil's advocate. And I said, well, these guys are probably really emotional considering they put all this time in there to get Anthony ready for a specific specific game plan, months of emotional stress and, and psychological, physical. Then they get to the big show, they get to the event, and then that happens in front of them, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. They probably felt embarrassed. I mean, I, I don't know which way to go with this. What are your thoughts? I think you're definitely right with that. I think there's just so many emotions, and especially when Anthony was already saying that he told people around him not to come. So, again, um, it kind of does waste their time if he's already had this pretty perceived notion and again he didn't fight a valiant fight it's not like coach i want to retire after this one i'm going to give it everything i got um i'm going to just try and go out on guns a blazing even like again it's his brain it depends on what his purpose is why he's quitting whether it's his body or whether he just doesn't like it anymore but i wouldn't understand why someone would not want to at least try their damnedest he kind of Again, you said he took damage, but not anywhere in the in the in the the realm of getting punched in the head. Um, those kind of again, because there's I don't know. I think with someone's actual hips, it's just standing up. It's much worse. I, I he quit. He went in there and gave up the fight. Whether you want to say throw it, gave up it. Um, you know, disingenuous in regards to his actual attempt to become champion. Um, I think it was uh, something to be said about the idea that. I don't know. It really took away from the card. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you have anything to say regarding the uh, anything regarding UFC 210, uh, the upcoming Kansas card, by all means, the live chat is open. Uh, TJD Fins for Life. I see your comments. I'll try and get to them uh, when I have a moment. Um, let me ask a couple more questions here regarding um, Anthony Rebel Johnson, DC. Uh, and this whole division. Anthony Johnson, though, in my opinion, as he's walking away from the sport, hanging up the gloves, do you think he's actually done? Do you think we will ever see him compete again? Uh, he did hint that if John Jones wants to fight one day, maybe at heavyweight. Uh, but right now, he's walking away. He's hanging up the gloves. Uh, DC, many people are like, they don't want to see Anthony Johnson leave because the division is so top-heavy right now that you know you just lose one of the only three or four guys in that division. They'd like to see him compete a bit more. But if Anthony's doing it, quote-unquote, for health reasons – probably not going to come back. If he's doing it for financial reasons, probably isn't going to come back. Um, I mean, your take on all this. Just don't really know um, what his actual reasons are. Um, and anyone can be unretired. Look at George. He's been gone for three and a half years. And he's, you know what I mean? So everyone's got a price. I'm sure of it. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the situation that I have it. And it's so fresh. Uh, how many people have retired and unretired and retired and unretired? But the more important thing is obviously his lack of desire to be in there is in there. And especially with the last performance, everyone, if he does come back, everyone will question his actual true motives and whether he's, you know, his heart's actually in it or whether he wants to really be there. If he, if he needs money, does he come back just for a couple of bucks? Like who knows? Uh, a lot of questions. I mean, MP basically said Rumble didn't give a fuck. He wasted everyone. I just swore. Whoa, that was uh, that's odd. Okay. Hurt. Well, you're quoting someone. No, you're quoting someone. Doesn't count. Doesn't okay. Count. Rumble didn't give AF. He wasted everyone's time at the end of the day. That's what MP uh, just posted. Uh, yeah, TJD Fins for Life. I'm going to get to your question in a second regarding the middleweight division because uh, I want to get Elias since it's his division that he competes in. Uh, Gigard Musashi and Chris Weidman. Uh, boy, was that ever debacle to the point that Chris Weidman basically stated at the post-fight press conference that his team, a- a.k.a. Ray Longo, Matt Serra, and others, said you will never, don't ever compete uh, in this state ever again. We're taking our, our services elsewhere. You're not competing in the state of New York ever again. I mean, that, w- that was a crazy scenario. Uh, in the end, uh, unfortunately, Dan Rigliotta is the one that sort of messed all this up. Uh, he made the incorrect decision. It, it's real time. He's the one that has to make that decision in front of, you know, thousands in attendance and millions watching around the world. He he did what he did. It was incorrect. But, you know, uh, unfortunately for Weidman, that's three losses in a row now. Um, what do you make of that whole scenario? Note to self, probably never fight in New York. And yeah, the irony of him being the one that actually put it to help put it together, like help championed it and 
pushed it into actually happening. Um, he was there while the, the signing was there. It, it's I feel for the guy. Um, also, you can see, you know, devil's advocate, the idea being he was trying to play the system, and that's what Musasi eventually talked about. He um, People took, don't want to talk about that. People don't want to talk about uh, that Weidman was playing the system, so... Yeah, he, he was taking, you know, it was, and that's the issue. Like, that's why, like, some people, even when they get hurt, um, whether it's, you know, downed opponent, kick to the junk, poke in the eye, you don't want the adrenaline going down. So he was trying to take some time, and he was in a bad position. And Dan White even said it at one point, was there a chance that he was coming back? But I think at that point, in many ways, he was getting, um, you know, Musashi was getting the better of him. And I think he was putting himself, he was in a precarious position, and he was trying to either not only the, the, the rest, but also the hand placement. He was trying to uh, game the system, and uh, the system backfired on him. And it just shows, again, like debacle, it just shows the unknowing commission that doesn't really know what they're doing. Yeah, so, I mean, TJ Defense for Life is making a point here. He made this yesterday. P- Big John McCarthy would have kicked out those doctors and resumed the fight if he was the ref. Yes, but he was not – I don't know if he was at liberty to tell Dan – what to do because the only thing technically that he's allowed to do was answer the question that Dan asked was if those knees were legal or illegal. And John said the knees were legal. And at that point there, Dan, in my opinion, should have walked over to the doctor and said, no more checking the fighter. The fighter is down for a reason. He got hit with illegal knees. You either stop the fight doctor. Yeah. You stop the fight or you get out of the octagon. Well, that's we what they restart did. This fight. Well, that's what they did. But the, no, but hold on. Here's here's my issue. The doctor, quote unquote, stopped the fight. It was announced by Bruce Buffer that Dan Mergliata stopped the fight due to TKO. You see where I'm going with this? He never stopped the fight. No, they're if just the confused on the rules. The they just they just confused on the rules. They're just they get yeah. confused on the rules. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's clarification. There's a like it's confusing as hell. It's just confusing with a lot of could we do this? Should we do this? What do you see? What I see? What's the replay say? Blah blah blah. It's confusing as fuck. And unfortunately, Weidman finds himself under the third uh, stoppage loss. But Musasi finds himself victorious. Uh, but that was the end Free of his agent. contract. That was the last. <laughs> that was the last bout of his contract. Uh, I put together an article. Uh, I'm not sure if it's up on Fightful. I didn't have a chance to see if it's got posted yet uh, on FightfulMMA.com. Uh, and I just talked about the black, the white. No pun intended. Dana White. The black, the white, and the gray uh, that is now put forth in front of us based on what happened at UFC 210, specifically what was mentioned by both parties uh, at the post-fight press conference. Dana White obviously saying uh, he's the one. So the black is this. Dana White saying, uh, or so that, so the, the question is, Musasi wants to get paid way more money based on the fact that he's defeated fighters in the UFC that make way more money from Vitor Belfort to Mark Hunt. He thinks he could smash Bisping who makes a lot more money, blah, blah. Dana White saying, look, Mark Hunt, Vitor Belfort, when we get these guys to headline in their countries, they have a whole country behind them. They can sell out in minutes. Not sure if Gegard Musasi can do that. Musasi is saying, well, put me in Holland and we'll see if I could sell out or not. And Musasi is like, I've already beaten these guys. I deserve more money. And Dana White says basically that this guy's not, you know, he doesn't have the pull. You know, Musasi talks about beating Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson's a living legend. He's got a following. No matter where he goes, he's going to sell tickets. Musasi is like, you can put me in Japan, in the States, in Canada, in Europe, in Holland. People are going to want to see me. And I'm one of the youngest guys in this division. I'm a threat to everybody in this division. So all this is getting put together. Then Dana says, you know what? I like Musasi. I'd like to have him back. Musasi says, yeah, you know what? I'd like to be back. But let's not forget he was a strike force champion. And that was run by Scott Coker, who's over at Bellator right now, with Viacom telling Scott Coker and Bellator, get out there and sign the best free agents. Holy smokes, is this going to be fun to follow? Yes, 100%. And I... Uh... I'm going to admit this right here, Joe. I am biased. I'm all for fighters getting more money. Plain and simple. Just, all the just a little bit. <laughs> just completely biased. Um, no, again, no fighter would be – no 
it's so silly if anyone would not test free agency in any aspect in the way it is. So you have someone that, again, young, has 50 fights, still has so much fight left in him. Um, you know, uh, he has that history that already with Scott Croker. Um, and the huge, again, um, huge opportunity for him to pretty much walk in there and just smash everyone at 185. Absolutely. TG Day Fins for Life says if Bisping versus GSP gets booked and Musasi resigns and there's no immediate rematch versus Weidman, should Musasi face Romero since Romero has been waiting for a title shot? My answer is yes. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but again, Yol probably wants to, he, Yol now wants to get an interim belt for some reason. Um, so don't we, don't all? we all interim belts for all? <laughs> but, um, no, the point being, yeah, no, it's confusing. Uh, again, I'm not the one that has to make this decision. It's just, uh, I don't know. Like, GSP might need um, to, like, uh, what's it called? Um, basically, I think there's rumblings of the idea that um, fall. So who knows how like, how long that, well, we all know what fall would be. So there's that, and then what happens with the middleweight division. So it's, it's again, it's uh, – a lot of moving chips, but and Musasi finds himself in a great place. Um, if they want him to fight Yoel Romero, it's going to cost him. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and I'm TGDA, sure. I know you mentioned that Chuchak could be next in line for a title shot uh, if he makes quick work of Whitaker. My answer is no, because Romero's beaten uh, Jacare, and I don't think that rematch needs to take place just yet. I think. Romero gets that title shot. He fights the winner of Bisping uh, versus uh, GSP if that takes place in July. And of course, if not, Romero should be fighting um, Musashi if that rematch doesn't take place. Sorry, you're trying to finish your point there, Elias? No, I was agreeing with you. Okay. Uh, Ninja Pirate says Dan Kelly has Elias's number. There you go. <laughs> well, he's got a number with someone else, not me. Um, what's it called? I have an opponent. I have a... Uh, fight coming up, so I'm excited. Um, getting myself back in. So, hey, Dan wins his next one. I win my next one. There you go. We can't share when and where yet, right? I don't think so. I don't know. I okay. signed my contract. Damn it. I just want to say it. Okay. Uh, we have to wait, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, obviously, we don't want uh, Elias, myself, and Fightful and May to get in any sort of trouble. Uh, we wait till Elias gives us the green light, uh, or if the UFC gives us the green light, and then uh, we'll discuss whose opponent is going to be and when it will take place. All I know is it's going to be an awesome fight, and I can't Sweet. wait to see it go down. Uh, and, of course, Elias just making an absolute mockery of us Canadians because he's so awesome in there, and you just can't figure out what the hell he's doing sometimes. He drives us all nuts. Yeah, you see, you're killing me. Whatever if time you fight, what, if I don't, if I don't know what I'm doing, how are you gonna know what I'm doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to Showdown Joe's Rule, and all of us that follow you religiously to make sure you you leave there uh, absolutely okay. Um, uh, and of course, Ninja Pirate also says respect to Elias for speaking up for higher fighter pay. That's a given, man. Everyone, everyone, definitely. I mean, the only people that don't believe that fighters deserve more would be the people that are likely paying them. Because they're running a business and they're trying to make as much money from a revenue perspective uh, and trying not, no, not to hide it from the fighters, but to at the very least saying, man, this is what you're worth. And you're not going to get more from Bellator. You're not going to get more anywhere else. And, and this is what you're worth, hypothetically speaking. So, you know, I do champion the cause for the for the all fighters, men and women, to make way more money than they are. George St. Pierre said it in our, gentleman, our Gentleman's Expo talk. I ain't fighting for 8% anymore. I want more. Don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. Uh, TJD Fins for Life. Oh, we're moving right away to the, this, the, the event this weekend. Do you think Heiss or Hayes has a good chance against Money Mouse after Elliot went to war with him? There's always a chance, but this is Demetrius Johnson, arguably the perfect mixed martial artist, Elias. I mean, your you're, thoughts? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I will agree with that. He definitely has a chance. I just think it's just one of those things where um, it's just, unless you have breakaway performances, um, even Elliot had his breakaway of performance, but that still wasn't enough. Yeah. And that was a great fight by Timothy, man. I mean, I missed the guy at Titan. Obviously yeah. I'm more happy. I'm very happy that he's over in the UFC now doing his thing. Uh, but that was a great performance, uh, against Demetrius Johnson, but DJ is the man. Uh, don't forget guys, girls, 
Live chat is up there. I'm reading as many as I can. Uh, Ninja Pirate says, people have turned on the Diaz brothers for wanting more money. I don't know if they've turned on them for wanting more money. I think it's more of a situation where people just want to see the Diaz brothers compete. Yeah. I mean, they're just – anytime Nate or Nick compete, I mean, I, I'm biting it. I'm just chomping the bit. I can't wait to, to see all the pre-fight festivities, all the disasters they're going to cause when they're on the microphone because they're as real as anyone's ever going to get. And then they fight, man. They just fight. So I don't know if people have turned on them for the money and more or less they just turned and saying, I just want you to fight, man. No, very true. And one could even talk about the idea of – we talked about it with uh, Anthony Johnson – but uh, what about them? What's their real desire to get back in there? Is it just money? And at the end of the day, that's what it really is all about. Um, I think uh, Nate Nick is a little bit more jaded than Nate in some regards. I think Nick feels that, especially with the, the marijuana, um, uh, what do you call it, suspension, uh, in many ways that kind of left him bitter. Um, Nate at this point sets himself, because again, he's beat McGregor, the arguably the biggest person in MMA ever. Not even arguable. It's not even arguable. Never mind. Uh, but the point being, um, and he lost a very close fight to him. So why wouldn't he want to? Why would he hold out? Why wouldn't he not want to get the, the trilogy and have a second one on him? And that they're both sitting on money. And they're again. They're, I'm, I congratulate any fighter who think is thinking about a ten point plan. And uh, they are both synonymous in regards to the cannabis culture. And. Uh, in the States, specifically California, and they're making a killing, I hope, um, doing events, signings, and uh, smoke parties. Like, if you can make five, ten grand to just show up at a, a, a you know, marijuana shop and sign some stuff, uh, take some pictures, and burn a couple of joints, why wouldn't you do that ten times over a year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like again, uh, I mean, they're both uh, they both have a large enough following to basically again. They, I'm gonna stop saying again, uh, but the point I'm trying to uh, basically come across a lot of this is about staying relevant. And if they have their own feed in regards to social media, I think um, I think Nate has hit that million dollar threat or million person threshold. I think somewhere like Nick is about four hundred thousand or whatever like that. You just gotta stay relevant, and uh, if they can create some content uh, on top of their channel which, uh, you know, touches on the different brands, uh, different um, different uh, markets and stuff that they're trying to, you know, different spheres that they hit anyways. Um, they're synonymous, like I said, with cannabis. Um, so if they can just continue doing that and move forward, and I think Nick has his own bong. I think they have, both have their own rolling papers. So if you own those and, you know, you just are able to create a little uh, cart on your website, I don't even know if they have a website, but um, <laughs> but the point being is either website um, or anything else, they can create revenue strand. And if you're done, if Nate got paid $2 million, American dollars, um, which is probably like a, a trillion dollars Canadian, but anyways, Canadian. <laughs> uh, the, point, the point being, if they're, they're, they're smart at putting their money away in a certain spot, the key is if they're smart with their money, uh, they can just sit on that. Like it's the beginning of actual income. And uh, I think Nate, Nick got Nick got um, five hundred thousand for his fight with uh, um, with Anderson Silva. So you know they, they, that's some decent change. And uh, your ability to basically uh, once you have uh, somewhat of a no, that's not necessarily a nest egg. Well, it'd be a nest egg for most people, most nine to fives. If you had a million dollars. Um, the idea being they have potential and if they don't need to fight and they don't, they don't want to fight and they're not fighting. Uh, TJD fins for life. Are you taking Elliot over Smolka? Oh yes, I am. Uh, Elias. I can see that. But okay. Smolka, but Smolka, what's it called? Uh, um, Again, I'm being biased. Obviously yes. I'm completely and utterly biased for my Titan FC experience calling yes. Timothy White. So yes, there you go. But uh, two point. Your your man uh, Usman killed it. Killed Tomorrow's it, my boy. Tomorrow's it. my boy. Did you hear what he did to me at the post fight press conference? Killed it. Go on. No, 
Well, it was not that he did anything to me. I was uh, he came in. He was dressed in his, his custom attire, um, very nice uh, African heritage, beautiful. Had the hat and everything like that. But he sits down. I get my picture. I throw it up on Instagram. There's my boy uh, Kamar Usman doing his thing. I go back. I sit down. I didn't want to, you know, be that that guy that asked the questions at that point. There, just sit back and let let the media do their thing. While Kamaru, you know, he's got he's shining, and I'm sitting there, not even four or five minutes into it, I hear laughter. And all the media turn around, and they're all looking at me, and they're pointing at me, and Kamaro's laughing. And I'm like, this guy talks shit about me again. <laughs> what, did he, what did he do? It's no different than you doing an interview and dropping my name, right? Turns out he was being extremely complimentary of me, uh, using my name to, to up his game, apparently, uh, in terms of MMA and how he's got to be on point. So here I am thinking the guy talked trash about me, and I walk over there. I'm like, what just happened here, right? I didn't mean to crash anyone's interview, but... The guy was talking trash about me, but man, he looked fantastic and good on him because A, he beat Sean Strickland. That's not an yep. easy task. He dominated him, then goes out and says, you know what? Neil Magny, what's up? I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic too. Uh, and he, he showed, uh, I'm trying to think about the fight itself. It, like he was dominant in regards to his strikes and that's what Strickland was known for. Like, you know what I mean? Like he went out there saying he was the best grappler in uh, 170, which is a huge thing to say when you're in the same weight class with Damian Maya, but I digress. Um, the point being, he showed his hands really well. Like, I, I think it's just overall uh, fight IQ and uh, just awareness in the cage was impressive, full and through. I became a fan that, that night. Uh, Ninja Pirate, uh, you made a comment uh, a little further up. Um, you're not going to be happy when you find out certain news uh, on um, – We'll see if we bring it up on Monday. Uh, I thank you, Ninja Pirate, for the exceptional compliment that you just put up there about me, but uh, you're probably not going to be happy come Monday. Uh, come join us on Monday. I don't know who my guest is going to be, but uh, yeah, I've been quiet about something for quite some time, and people will now see it this weekend. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Can Nganu drop down a 205-pound division? TJ, no way. Francis Ngannou cannot drop to 205, man. I stood next to that guy with Kamaru. Man. That dude is a monster. Yeah. There's no chance uh, he can get down. I mean, there's always a chance. No, actually, no. Elias, can you get to 170? Nope. I like my legs. They'd have to They have to grow back. And that's my point. I mean, I had, I had this conversation with Elias at the Ultimate Fighter uh, Nation's debut. I think we were at Sportsnet 360. Then we went to the restaurant bar afterwards, and we had this conversation. I think even before we had this conversation, and then you kind of flexed your thigh, and I'm like, 170. There's just no, no chance. Like This guy's a monster. No. He's got Sidney he's got Crosby legs. Yeah, they're tree trunks. They're hockey player legs. Good old Canadian. Uh, we have five minutes left in the show. Uh, I could expand on my next question, or I could just be short with it. No pun intended, because I'm only 5'7". Uh, and let's see if Elias will behave himself, get himself in trouble, or not. Um, UC 210, New York State Athletic Commission. Implant gate. Ah, well, again, it's a, the conversation is the idea of miscommunication. Uh, then you have uh, just the parallels with Dana White calling it fake news just upset me. But um, the point being, yeah, that was. That, I mean, sorry, Dana, come on, man. It was good, good on some of the media. Anyways, I, I explained yesterday how bad that was for Dana to do that. But you know, it's, yes, sorry, it, just, go ahead. It, it creates unfortunate parallels with one of his friends. Um, but the, uh, the point being, um, no, it's confusion. Uh, if it's part of the, the commission aspect, um, you can understand the, uh, the craziness of it. Um, and so many moving parts and, you know, one athletic commissioner says this and then, you know, there's a rebuttal and there's a communication. So it was just, you know, unfortunate, just another reason why it's, uh, you know, very confusing and very, uh, almost not worth it to fight in uh, New York. I mean, I felt horrible for Pearl Gonzalez. Uh, obviously, she you know got to make weight. She did what she could. She made the weight. She struggled. Uh, for those that don't know, she weighed in naked. They had the tube up. Okay, she was uh, in the tube. 
made the weight, so she obviously struggled to get to 126, uh, gets there, and then, you know, the news comes out. Uh, after everything was said and done, we were all getting ready to wrap up, and then, you know, we got all the information. Uh, me and another media member tried to sp- speak with the Nevada State Athletic Commissioner after he had already come out and talked about the Daniel Cormier incident, then leaves, then we get the news, then we try and get him back, and he's like, no comment, no comment, no comment, and then, you know, I went to the UCPR staff saying, look, I'm not, I'm not asking for something on the record. If you can't give it on the record, you can give it to me off the record, you can give it to me later on. I know you're finally enjoying breakfast, but, you know, and was told, listen, we have no information right now, and then Dana's saying, you know, you guys could have all gone to our PR staff, and I'm looking, going, um, yeah, I did that. Uh, we're told otherwise. Uh, so it was just weird. I, I, I felt bad for Pearl. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I really hope she's not labeled uh, in the way that she is. Cause that's kind of personal business. People can, can assume and, and say whatever they want about a girl's anatomy, but that's personal information for her. Now everyone knows cause she had to publicly admit it, uh, but good for her. She was able to fight, but she took on Cynthia Calvillo who Dana White's huge on right now. And I don't know if I'm buying the fact that she's going to be a star just yet. Uh, she does have some qualities, but for me, and I've been around this game for a long time, I don't see it just yet in Cynthia. Do you? That's well. I think the bigger, bigger conversation uh, is just showing that when the UFC wants to create a star, they can create a star. So if they're sprinkling some of that stuff, uh, one might argue, why aren't they sprinkling it on all the rest of us? So. Um, you know, or, or more of us. Uh, but yeah, so again, they're trying to create a star. You can do that with many other people. Uh, this is what was promised to us with the uh, takeover of WME. Let's see it. Absolutely. Hey, Ninja Pirate, uh, wasn't personal and it wasn't my call. Monday, we can discuss live on the Fightful MMA podcast because uh, obviously the news will hit when people... See what's going on. Sorry to be cricked, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a little bitter over a situation, but uh, it, it is what it is. Before we let you go, um, look at TJ. Uh, Fife, okay, Sean Ross Sapp. She's only been a pro for eight months. Weird to think UFC wants to push her so hard. Yeah, totally. Uh, but I think you mentioned uh, in, in the uh, Sage Northcut slash, uh, there's another name that was mentioned, but these people that Dana White tries to, to promote that eventually don't become who they are because, I, I mean, you get... There's lightning in a bottle, then there's the it factor, like Chael Sonnen, uh, like Conor McGregor. Uh, th- those are the people that sort of stand out to me. Nate Nick Diaz, they've got their own factor. It's just an awesome factor that they have. They don't even realize what they're doing, and they just do it, and it's fantastic. Uh, before we let you go, uh, TJD Fins for Life says Elias needs to get a TKO by leg kicks in his next fight. Uh, could be possible. Anything's possible. Put a man on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. did we? Absolutely. Did we? Not uh, we. Yes. We're Canadians. We were just there. Yeah. Um, Do we have? A, oh, actually, the 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 space was created by Canadians, but that's that's about exactly. The, the, that the never went there. to the moon. That never went to the moon. All right. Uh, we're gonna let you go with one final thought. The Predator, Patrick Cote, hangs up his gloves in a stellar fight versus Tiago Alves, which should have got fight of the night, in my opinion. Uh, good on Tiago Alves for merging victorious, but Patrick Cote, uh, you know, I was fighting back tears. Obviously, I was lucky enough to call his first few fights uh, in UCC and TKO. I think the first fight was against Jan Pellerin at 205 pounds. Uh, and I said, this guy belongs at middleweight, and he retired uh, a welterweight. Uh, but your thoughts uh, on a guy you know fairly well in Patrick Cote, who's walking away from the sports. Yeah. Uh, no, not too many people are nicer and tougher than that man. Uh, he's just, he's a sweetheart uh, all the way through. He's also a, a stone cold killer. He's had two renaissance in regards to his career. Um, obviously becoming a, a top contender to face Anderson Silva, um, you know, and then to reassurge again as a, as a welterweight, um, obviously the, the team captain of my um, season of the ultimate fighter in many ways he really embraced that role as a captain uh sparring with all of us uh when we had our fights coming up and stuff like that especially more so when we were fighting australians but um uh the, the point being um uh he's, a, he's a, a great guy um always like i wish him nothing but health and happiness in his future he is a, a father of a baby girl a beautiful baby girl that um, it's only a couple of months old, if uh, my memory serves correct. Um, so 
I'm excited for him and his uh, new family's next chapter. And um, he's one of the people, again, he's a success story, not only in Canadian mixed martial arts, of what he was able to inspire a generation of fighters like myself and also Canadian MMA fans. But, uh, you know, he'll be leaving in a better place than most in regards to mixed martial arts. It's The fight game is a hard game. And uh, I'm really happy for him to be on a positive foot moving into the next chapter of his life. There are many guys uh, that I don't want to go to Vegas with, you being one of them. I've been to Vegas with Patrick, but I just realized my worst nightmare would be you and Patrick and myself in Las Vegas. I don't want to talk about it anymore. This is not a good conversation for the kids that are tuned in right now. Uh, Elias, before we let you go, I know oh, you mentioned we talked about off the top of the show. You're going to be driving home. Sunshine outside, my friend, as you can see. It's back. It's back. It's good. Uh, I want to wish you a, a very safe drive uh, from Montreal all the way back home. Uh, what's next for you uh, over the next seven days before we talk to you next, uh, on Tuesday? I'm doing a bunch of stuff in Toronto. Um, got a whole week's worth of stuff. Uh, then I'm back here in Montreal, off to LA. No, I don't know. Just bouncing around. The usual stuff. Uh, where will I be next? Probably my place. Where will I be after that? Probably LA. Where will I be after that? Possibly Vegas. So we got options. I live a sad life when one of the most exciting days of, or exciting moments of my Tuesdays is when you actually click and you pop up on my screen and I get to see the background and I get to know where you are because I never know where you are uh, except for the disturbing time you were topless in a hot tub. So you're saying you, you want another round of that? No, 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 please. Okay. I mean, who was it that was freaking out on, on, uh, on social media? Oh, everyone. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Everyone. That's right. Julie Kedzie was just, I'm not going to say, oh, I will slip there. Anyways, uh, I won't. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much to everybody uh, who joined us on the live chat, who joined us watching us live here. We thank you very much to those that are tuning in afterwards on iTunes and Stitcher. We love your support. I say it all the time. Actually, I started, I started it yesterday. I'll say it again. Everyone, please just tell one friend, just tell one friend about the Fightful MMA podcast. We will grow. We will double our viewership every day if everyone tells one friend to tune in every week uh, or, or, or every, every podcast. Uh, we want to grow this. Uh, obviously, Fightful of May is new. Uh, we proved to the UFC we can do a fantastic job in covering a UFC event. I think we're going to a Bellator event. Uh, but there's so much more. Uh, Sorensen, WKT, catch you behind the bleachers, Joe. I know what you're doing. I know what you're saying. Uh, but thanks again to everybody. Elias Theodoro, make sure you do follow him online at Elias Theodoro. Uh, hashtag the main event, not M-A-I-N, M-A-N-E, because he has a blue chip sponsor in Pert Plus. Uh, he's an absolute, absolute awesome follow. Uh, some crazy stuff he posted on, on Twitter that I saw the other day uh, about spinach and hearts and their growing hearts or blood, or blood cells in the heart. thought that was absolutely cool. Uh, his Instagram is... A debacle. Yesterday was a Monday. You mm. fool. You fool with your, your man bun. I thought that was fantastic. Actually, good job on that. So make sure you follow Elias online at Elias Theodoro. Follow yours truly, Joe Ferraro, on social media at Showdown Joe. Follow the site at Fightful MMA. And for all of your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com. Next week, Sean Pierce, or tomorrow, Sean Pierce will be pretty bitter because uh, obviously when I was in Buffalo, the uh, reception was terrible uh, or the Wi Fi was terrible. So we weren't able to get a podcast uh, with Sean Pearson. So you know, it's two weeks worth of Sean Pearson being irritable, dropping F bombs. If the kids are listening, make sure you put some earmuffs on. So tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, unless Sean says 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, who knows? But just follow follow this, follow this, me on social media. I'll give you the exact time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For now, we say ciao for now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.